Welcome to The Real Deal, where God, His purposes, and His people are celebrated. I'm Rachel Inouye, bringing you encouragement through real life, people, and their stories. It's The Real Deal. Hey, let's get started. I am delighted to have Chris Clements with me today, and we just met just a few minutes ago. That's right. And I opened the door. Hugged. (laughs) I hugged you because you're an encourager, and you're a hugger, and a squeezer. But I didn't ask your name. No, she didn't. She just assumed I was Chris Clements and she could hug me. <laughs> I didn't know your face because of the back yeah. of your book. I knew that was you. But yesterday there was a woman who came at the time you should be coming and knocked yes. on my door. And I had my robe on. And I was paralyzed for a moment. And I'm peering out the top window like, oh, my word, Chris Clements is here. And I don't know what to do. It's the wrong day. I think we said Friday, but this is Thursday. So anyway, she was just canvassing the neighborhood. I saw Thankfully. her. Yeah. <laughs> Although I would have come in and maybe helped you pick out a fabulous outfit or something. <laughs> hey, I'm in my robe. This is the real deal. Could you help me pick out something to wear? <laughs> anyway. Okay. So I am glad that you are here and I want to oh, start the podcast just with this, the normal way I start. Please do. And then people can get to know just a little bit about yeah. you and then we'll go yeah. from there. My hope, Chris, is that we really will let the Holy Spirit take it wherever it needs to go. But I really want to hit on some identity things that you talk yeah. about in your book. And by yeah. the way, everybody, if I forget to say, Adventures with God, A Journey into Love and Acceptance by Chris Clements. And I read it cover to cover. Thank you. And I became more and more excited as I read. I think it's smart to read something, somebody's writing, so you know where they right. are. Right. But I became more and more excited. So, okay. Answer these as fast as you can. Introvert, okay. extrovert. Introvert to recharge, extrovert when I'm around people. That's a good answer. Okay. Coffee, tea? Tea. But I do need a half cup of coffee in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Dog, cat, either, neither? Um, Preferably neither, only because we're on the road all the time, but we have had both dogs and cats, so. Morning bird, night owl? Oh, totally morning bird. Books, movies? Ooh. I can't choose between. I read more books than I see movies because that's, I'm on the road all the time and reading is easy. But I love communication through any medium. I love really excellent communication, something that hits our heart. Good writers, good producers. I love it all. So I don't care as long as it hits me. Yeah. Oh, good point. Good point. Silence, music. Depends. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a musician, so music can really hit me. Um, But again, to recharge, I got to have silence. Yeah. I do. I got to think. Leaned in, laid back. Depends again. Mm-hmm. Leaned in if I'm with somebody and they're sharing their heart. Mm-hmm. Laid back if we're just all out for a good time. Totally. Shower or bath? Bath to detox three times a week. Shower <laughs> to wash my hair in the morning. <laughs> Do you really take a bath three times a week? I totally. Oh, that's great. At least. I love it. Oh, so good. Epsom salts. Best thing. Mm. I got it. Right here. <laughs> all right. Driver, passenger. Well, I'm normally a passenger, but I tend to be a backseat driver <laughs> because take that road. People Go that do direction. not have the perspective I do, <laughs> and they need to they know need, your perspective. They need my perspective. I'm just really positive. <laughs> You're doing them a favor. I'm telling, Don't take that road; I'm it gets backed doing up. Doing a favor, yes. Have you ever seen the movie Broadcast News, where Holly Hunter is bossing uh, years the cab ago, I Remember road. that scene. But my girlfriend and my husband, my husband will just say, honey, time to read your book. (laughs) 
I don't need your gold. That's his polite way of saying be quiet now. <laughs> that's good. Just read your Can you read in the car? Totally. That's why I read so much. Because yeah. we're on the road all the time. Yeah, and so, t- let's talk about that. Tell yeah. me a little bit about being on the road all the time. Well, my husband and I used to be business owners in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Hello, my fellow Wisconsinites. Yes. And for years, I mean, that when we raised our kids, we had a very steady home life. Yeah. Nine to five job, available for all their school events. But, and even when I married him, he was a business owner. And then we actually ended up, he was part owner with his dad and his sister. And um, by the time we had kids, we were the sole owner. We bought out both his dad and his sister. So we had that up until 2011, 2012. So just eight years ago, we sold that business. And Tom started pursuing his passion, which is fine art photography. He's Mm. a really great photographer. And wondering how in the world do we make money doing that? Because he didn't care for portraiture work. Yep. No, his stuff is amazing. Yeah. So... We had friends who did the fine art circuit, and so we started doing that and realized, whoa, we could make a living at this, and part of doing that was needing to move, so we moved to Tennessee so we could be more mid-United States. Okay. So now we travel, and literally, we're like a circus act. Yeah. He's, he's, he's <laughs> the in Clements t- are going yeah, to town. Yeah, along with like a 100 other artists. You know, we come to yeah. town, and we set up booths for the weekend, and, mm. and so sometimes our drive is 10 hours, sometimes it's 6. He's in Chattanooga this weekend, and we do Florida in the winter months, January, okay. February, March, yep. so those times, it's... 10 to 14 hour drive. So that's why I read. So how do we find his stuff? Is it TomClementsPhotography.com. Just... And Clements is C-L-E-M-E-N-T-S, by the way, just for the listeners. Right. There's oftentimes. I actually met a Chris Clements. No, what? I met a Tom Clements. Okay. He was our insurance agent Yeah. in Rice Lake without the T-S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Clements. So, um, yeah. Anyway, TomClementsPhotography.com is how you can find it. And I've looked a step up. It's beautiful. It really is amazing. Yeah, my house looks great because of it. That's exactly right. (laughs) Don't look at the floor. Look over on the wall. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Don't see my mounds of clothes. Or the mounds of his photos that are drying. Right. 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 Oh, that's so so good. So you're on the road all year long. You take some breaks. What? Well, we are on the road 30 to 35 weeks a year. So we take breaks. If we're home, the busy show season, yeah. like summer and the fall, is really a busy show season. Yeah. So if we're home, it's literally a Tuesday and a Wednesday where I'm unpacking, mm-hmm. I am doing laundry, he's replenishing whatever yep. he needs to, and we're back on the road Thursday. Yeah. And then we might be going eight weeks in a row where that's our life. Okay. We're, so we really don't have weekends. And, G- and December is the one month that we're home more often. Okay. And can actually spend some quality time. Oh, we have a house. Oh. Yeah. Do you think you'll keep a house? We will always keep a house. Okay. Partly because we rented for the first year that we were in Tennessee, and we're not... we. We are great renters in the fact that we keep a place very, very well because yeah. we know how important that is. Right. But I'm not a great renter in the fact that I don't then really make it my own. Yeah. And I need yeah. a nest. Like yeah. our house is very serene and peaceful. Our daughter rents from us right now because she's in between. Um, mm. She's she has a job, but she's going back to school. She knows mama needs the house clean when she comes home. So I have a very serene mm-hmm. atmosphere when I come in the home because life is crazy on the road. Well, isn't atmosphere everything? Everything. 
It's so everything. For me, it's everything. I know some people can live in chaos. I really cannot. I, my brain is too profound. (laughs) The thoughts I have running around (laughs) that that's with a wink, by the way, the profound with a wink, (laughs) No, but things ping you. And then it's like, yes, yes. So I need my atmosphere when I come home and Tom's the same way we walk in and we go, Oh, I just love our home. We just Mm. are blessed to have the home that we have. So good. Yeah. And we live in a great neighborhood. So that's the other thing I love. Our neighbors, we love our neighbors and we know that we can, we're not worried about coming home to, what are we coming home to? People look out for us. They look out for our home. They look out, you know, sometimes my neighbor will call and is Brie home because there's, you know, there's like a weird car out Mm. in front, you know, Mm. know, in a good way. Watching that neighbor watch rather than Mrs. Kravitz from that show where she was always knew exactly what was going on and who pulled in. Yeah, I know people like that, but that's not what I know people like that too, but I'm not like somebody says, well, we got a new car. I'm like, oh, I didn't know. Yeah. People, things, colors, things. Yeah. I'm all about it. But what they drive, my son knows everybody's car. You know, yeah. people two blocks away, they got this. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah. See, yeah. I'm like you in that way. Yeah. Now, Tom might know that. I don't notice those things. Right. I'm not, the, I'm not a good neighbor that way. <laughs> don't ask me to keep track of anything in your house. <laughs> what do you mean? They were taking TVs and whatever out. I didn't notice. I thought they were just reverse I delivering. I would be horrible. <laughs> no, don't ask me to do that. I'm only home so little that I just want to sit on my yeah. back porch when I am. Yeah. So in all the travels and in your years of life, you know, Mm -hmm. this is called the real deal. I love. Can you give me an example of somebody in your life that was the real deal? And by that, I just mean, you didn't feel they were a poser. They weren't acting. They really were kind of comfortable in their own skin. And I believe God makes individuals. I believe everybody's an original. Yeah. And you know, with the art world and your husband, it's like, there's an original, right? right? You don't want it to be the copy. Right. So... Who would that be for you? You can give us more than yeah. one if you want, but somebody. Well, thankfully, most of my close inner circle yeah. is that. Oh, good. And But I think the first time I encountered it, somebody who was outside went before she became one of my closest yeah. friends was, I have a, a missionary friend. Her name is Diane, and she is hilarious. She grew up on a farm mm. in Wisconsin. Okay. And she is the same whether or not she's in my home or she's in a slum in Africa or she has met with, you know, some big names in the Christian world or whatever. She is the same as the day is long and doesn't really even change her dress or anything. She just is who she is. And she was, and she was like you, she celebrated everyone else. Mm, mm. She was really great about that. She never felt threatened. Yep you know, by anyone else or, or looks or whatever. She just was never, she was just always very comfortable in her skin. And I love that about her, which is why she probably, I, I drew her in. Right. (laughs) Please be a part of my inner circle. But we also, we had a real natural, we, we just organically grew in friendship because she was so easy to be with. And we've gone to Africa. My family's gone to Africa with her. Mm -hmm. She's easy to travel with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So in your journey, what is some markers maybe, and and I want to get to the book too, but what are some markers in your life that have brought you to be more of the real deal of who you are, like who you are instead of, I don't know who I am, or I'm letting other people impose their view of who I should be. And by the way, I believe the the word of God and who he is forms us. It's not like we should resist being formed. I don't mean that. But the world's mold or being right. squeezed. What, what kind of happened in your journey? Well, I think, I think the beauty of when you discover 
the deep love of God, something just settles in you. And so what happened was there was a part of me, and I wrote about this in the book. I had a showdown with God. Yes, I loved that word. Yeah. <laughs> Tell was, us about the showdown. It Honestly, because you say things change from that moment Yes, on. they really did. I had been through a couple really tough things up to that point in my life. I've been through other tough things since then. I didn't write about those, but they that was the formation. I When I first, I grew up, let me just say that I grew up in a Christian home as far as we believed there was a God. Mm-hmm. We were part of a mainline denomination, very steady churchgoers. I was part of the church choir. Yeah. But God was a bit far off in my thinking because really my main job was just not to make him mad. Yeah. Mm. You know, just don't tick him off. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. Yeah. Then, he's God. Yeah, because he's God. Yeah. And then you get to go to heaven. Mm. You know, so really when you when you put words to that, really what I was saying was my behavior determined the outcome of my eternal ding 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 yeah and life. so many people live there yeah and well and what happened was i met this young man when i was a senior in high school his name was tom clements hmm. and um thought he was just oof you know <laughs> did something for my innards i'm saying <laughs> That's good in a yeah. marriage. <laughs> it's, yeah, it has sustained us at times, thankfully. <laughs> I tell people I got leg cramps. They're like, what? Yeah. I said, I got up and had to walk around the room. I'm like, oh my gosh, my legs are cramping up. I said, that's too much information. Well, it's what happened. <laughs> I actually know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> that's the real deal. Okay, so he his family had what I would now refer to as a more personal relationship with Jesus, mm. with God. Although Tom wanted nothing to do with it at the time. But so we visited church. We visited God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because what happened was I grew up in this family atmosphere where we knew God. We went every Sunday. I just didn't want to take him off. Then my parents got divorced when I was a senior in high school. So I personally just, it's like all my family structure and all those things that we did as a normal routine fell to the wayside. I was all of a sudden, as a senior in high school, having to figure out how am I going to make a living? How am I going to have a place to stay? Mm -hmm. Because at one point my dad moved away, my mom moved away. I wanted to stay in the area. I had this boyfriend that was making my stomach quiver. (laughs) And so how do I have an adult life, basically? So church just was nowhere in that framework. And my boyfriend didn't care if he went. But his parents went, so they would ask us to go on Christmas and Easter, and I still had that spark. Mm. I really did yeah. still believe in God. Right. It just wasn't in my routine. He wasn't in my routine. Right. So we would go Christmas and Easter, and there was a part of me that thought, these people have something I never experienced, even in my childhood, and I wanted. So we'd go out to the car, and I'd have that conversation with Tom. I'd say, hey, mm. there's something here that I wish I had. And he's like, well, if you want it, you can have it. I want nothing to do with it. Because he grew up in a crazy, charismaniac. Mm, mm. What he thought. Yeah. His childhood. Other, other. Yeah. Crazy maniac stuff. So he didn't want anything to do with that. And he still associated his parents with that. So I put it on the back burner. Well, Tom and I broke up when I was... We were four and a half years into our relationship. Wow. We broke up. I thought I was going to marry this man. Yeah. So I thought... I don't, I don't even know what to do with my life. I mean, because I had really already 
my whole life had revolved around him. Right. I chose well, where I was going to live. Stuff, yeah. Because yeah. my parents weren't in the area. I chose where I was going to live. At that point, I had gone to school for marketing. And um, at that point, I was working for their family business, wow. which was convenience stores, which is what we ended up owning later. Um, and so my life was really had revolved on him and it had gone. And I had a dream one night, hmm. a nightmare, actually. Yeah. And at the end of the dream, I was in this room and there was this evil being that was throwing people on the bed saying, this is a crazy dream. No, right? I love it, though, because I don't think I wrote this in the book. No, I don't remember. Yeah, it. It, I didn't. And and this evil being said, you choose God or you choose me. You choose God or you oh. choose me. And I was in a line of people. And it's, I didn't even think to get out of the line. But my turn was next. He threw me on the bed. You choose God or you choose me. And I literally woke up screaming. I woke myself up screaming. Wow. I choose God. Mm-hmm. And I called Tom's dad and I said, I need to know how to have this personal relationship yeah. with Jesus. So for any of you parents who may be wondering, I was 22 who in these days, they say, if you don't get them in, in elementary school. Right, right, right. Or teenage. I just want you to know nobody's beyond God's reach. Amen. And my mom wasn't even praying. But there was, a, my dad wasn't praying. Neither one of them. Actually, my relationship was what later sparked theirs. Wow. Oh, so So good. God saw me. Mm-hmm. God sees your kids. Amen. God sees your loved ones. Amen. He sees them. He will use a dream if he needs yeah. to. Yeah. And those seeds that were planted, even though it wasn't necessarily the kind of relationship that I later, that, that I now love that I have with God. Right. That's so God good. Used. That's so good. So I woke up, said, where are you, God? Mm. I mean, I mean, I choose God. And I called Tom's dad and he, he, uh, basically said, this is how you have a relationship with God. And he prayed with me. Now, I actually don't think you have to say the sinner's prayer. Right. You, yeah. Back then that, you know, this was 1985 that I gave, that I decided I was going to have that deeper walk with God. But truth is, were you going to say something? No, I was just going to say I, the sinner's prayer is something that isn't necessarily in the Bible where it says you right. must say these things. Otherwise the thief on the cross Right. Doesn't get to be in paradise that day. Exactly. And the problem, and sometimes people think if they say it, that's all they have to do. Mm. But it's almost the reverse. It's a hard thing. Exactly. But Jesus actually wants a, what God says is I want you to know me. Well, that's a relationship. Right. That's a lifelong. I know my husband differently, even now, 32 years into our marriage Mm. Than I knew him back then in those days because this is a growing right. relationship. We understand that in earthly relationships. I don't know why I never, yeah. back then, I didn't equate that with God. It took me until that showdown. I'm just giving a little background. Yeah, the original good. question was, how, what led up to this showdown? Right. Well, so I decide I'm going to have this relationship with God. I start going to church with his parents. Problem was, and I love those people, so I want to be very, very careful, but what happened was I still brought in that childhood belief of my behavior determined my outcome and the particular teachings that I was getting at that time just fed into that part of me. Mm. Now, somebody else sitting in that very same congregation may not have 
been hit that way. Yeah, it's a seed that landed on your particular soil. Exactly. That exactly. kept it a little more performance oriented, yes, a little more it behavior. Yes, it kept it very, very performance yeah. and behavior. And when you're sitting with, under great teachers who say, this is what holiness looks like, this is what how we work out our salvation, yep. this is how, and you put that on a performance-driven person, mm -hmm. you know, all of a sudden, I'm still just internalizing it the way I did as a child. It's just now a supercharged version of it. Yeah, such a good point. Yeah. So what happened was I, not long after I became what you'd call a born-again Christian, I was assaulted by Knife Point and a man in a ski mask. And it planted a question for me, what kind of father allows that to happen? Because mm -hmm. what I knew is my earthly father would never allow that. I mean, he would have he died for me. Like if he were there, he would have prevented it. He would have taken the knife if he had to. Yeah. So I felt like God abandoned me in that moment. Like, where were you? And then fast forward a year and a half, Tom and I actually reconciled, got mm. married. He became a Christian, <clears throat> got married, and about three years into that, so 1991, his family went through just a horrible crisis that left him questioning everything, left him questioning our marriage, yeah. left, I mean, it was really, it was, it was probably one of the weirdest things I've ever been through and... Like a family earthquake. Yes, it was like a family earthquake where it's like literally somebody put us, took us out to the road, allowed a dump truck to run over us and all our innards were splayed. Wow. And nobody picked up the pieces. I mean, it's like, how are we going to put this back together? You can't put it back together. In fact, 30 years later, there's parts of it that are not back together. So I stood, I had a early birth with my son. Mm. And I stood, he was colicky one night, and I stood in my living room. I replayed all that stuff, that question, where are you, God, when things are not going yeah. well? Both with your experience yes. and with this Christian family that exactly. you're now married into. Yes, so where was the God who's supposed to, and see, not only that, this system that I was a part of this, or, or what I should say, what I internalized in that church that I was a part of was that if you do everything right. Yeah. A plus B equals C. Yes. A plus B surely will equal C. It's called blessing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I do think. God even, blesses. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, I think he blesses, but I also, I think if we really analyze what we say or what we believe in moments when everything's going well we really do think there's a part of us that somehow earned all this and when it's falling apart we really do think there's got to be something I'm doing wrong right what's the first thing that comes to our mind in those moments we think what have I done right why isn't God blessing me right whereas I think there's just some t life is full of circumstances Jesus said you will have troubles exactly but take heart because I've, I've overcome. overcome the so there is something that we can overcome in it. But he didn't promise there would never be, you know, that we're just going to have, we're going to be little lambs skipping through the green pastures. Right, right, That's right. That's just right. not what life is. Right. So I stood in my living room that night. I was really angry. I replayed all this stuff. And I just said, can I say what I said? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the real deal. It's right? the real deal. I said, where the hell are, are you, you, God? Mm -hmm. Now you have to understand, I've, I, I really yeah. am not a person who thinks swear words. You know, somebody yeah. somebody says, oh, if they say darn, they really mean something oh, else. Yeah. No, I really actually mean yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, I would just say what I mean. Right. I mean, I would say what I hear. But in that moment, I was so frustrated, and I just thought this was total injustice yeah. on, on God's part. Like, where are you? 
And he said to me really quietly, Chris, you don't know me. And I just went, oh my goodness. He's right. I don't know him. Mm. And it's like everything in the room went quiet. My son, who had been screaming <laughs> for all night long, went quiet. All it's And I, I just saw with very clear eyes that all that performance-driven stuff didn't allow me to know him. Right. And so I said, well, how do I get to know you, God? And he was so tender with me, honestly. He was so tender. And he said, read my word to know my heart, mm. not the rules. And it changed everything. I went, you're right, my heart, not the rules. I have been reading your word because I just wanted to know what I needed to do. Or, or check it off. Or, or check it off. Because our starting point determines our end point. If we start with, exactly. this, God needs me to keep the rules, we will read it, and the very things that are, are in there will attach themselves to, you exactly. need the rules. Exactly. But if you start with, learn to know me, get to know me, find things out, yeah. trust my heart, we'll find things about his heart. Very similar to if I opened the door and thought, well, Chris is not going to like me. <laughs> then anything that you did, like, I don't know what, like, yeah. you know, turned around too quickly or whatever, I right. could adapt that like, oh, she doesn't like me. Or start with, this is going to be great, and we're going to be fast friends. You know what I mean? Our yes. starting point yes. determines how we will continue and, and the end point because we're collecting what we think we should yes. along the way. Yes. There's a he very interesting... start there. Yes, he wanted me to start there. Isn't that gracious? So and not just me, but I think everyone listening here. Yeah. If that's not where they are start or or maybe that's where you are hey listen great that's your encouragement stay on that path amen if you haven't been there and you're thinking nuts i haven't been there start there now yeah. that's the beauty of yeah. it i was seven years into the, or six years i think by that point it was 1990 well my son was born in 92 so eight seven years into my yep. relationship with this new relationship with god thinking i was on the right path and god was saying no Let's start here. And that's mm. what I love with God. Yeah. Not only that, and he can make up time. So it's not a big deal. That's so it's like good. like nothing's lost. All that's going to be used for good. It's not a big deal in his book. He's not going, well, it's about time, sister. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you got mm -hmm. on the right track. Mm -hmm. That is not how he is. I have a friend who says God's the best editor. Oh, he is. You know, Isn't and that it's the like, best? that's so good. He doesn't necessarily take it out of our story, but yeah. he edits it to where it doesn't mean it defines us. And honestly, otherwise, what we do or what's been done to us, is our identity yes. rather than that's not our identity. Exactly. Exactly. So that's how I got on this path. Yes. This yes. path of knowing his heart, not the rules. And it's and this been path of love. so different. Yeah. Give me an example of something that's different in your life because of it. It could be a daily thing that you do. It could be a way that you view church. It could be people. I don't care what your examples yeah. are, but. Well, I think. I think it's impacted everything, but I think the first area that it impacted was when I read the Bible. Because the Bible is a book of stories. It's a yeah. book of stories of, of people just like you and me who had these interactions with God. It's history. They wrote down what they thought. This was, it's like me writing my book yep. or you writing lily pads and yeah. whatever future books you have. Yeah. That's what these books are. These these were people like you and I who yep. had these interactions who felt like, I need to write this down so, because I've discovered something about God. Yes. Right? So I started interacting with the Bible going, oh, and, and I love questions. Yeah. 
you know, it's why I'm a life coach because yep. I love asking questions. I love helping people unearth a motivation that, that might already be there, but they're not sure what it is, how to, how to form it, how to actually live in it, how to move forward yeah. in it. So I started really reading the Bible that way. What is going on here, God? What was going on in history at that time? Who are you for these people? Mm. Who are you in this situation? Why did you respond that way? What is your heart? What yep. You know, I mean, I just started reading it, viewing it as this wonderful dialogue with my creator. Right, right, right. You know, instead of just reading it as a third-party observer. Right. And then I started putting myself in those situations. And how does that affect me today? And what do I need? So that was one area. Love was another. Oh, my goodness. It just unearthed this whole... I, You know what? Actually, if I would say to now, even as, as I'm projecting out what that seed did for me today, is it brought a bottom line piece to that God is really going to make good out of everything. Yes. And his faithfulness is unbelievable. It is fathomless, yep. really, that what he can do really is above and beyond. Because in the moment when we worry about something, really what I'm projecting is that God isn't going to care about this thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Or it's too small or it's too big. Right. What? Exactly. And it's, I'm, I am, I am defining God's character by my worry instead of defining the problem by his character. Amen. Amen. Exactly. You know, because his character shows up on the scene and what he's proven is that he always brings life to everything. Right. He can't That's help just, it. He That's what he does. He is that, life. Yeah. He, he is brings love. life and he brings love. Yeah. So I think that's really how that whole encounter has informed my life now yeah. is now I realize, oh, I can bring life and I can bring love because I bring him. Right. Usher him in. And that's Everywhere how I go. view people. Yeah. And I'm not as worried anymore about where they're going to end up or what yep. their behavior is or what, because listen, I get to be a character of the, a, a carrier. Yeah. <laughs> I am a character. character. You are a character, <laughs> but you are a carrier. Yes. Yeah, we are so carriers good. of the kingdom. Amen. So Everything gets to be defined through that lens now. Amen. Amen. I mean, I seriously get excited sometimes when I have to walk to the post office, drive to the post office, walk into the post office, because I'm mailing out some t-shirts or whatever, like, mm, Jesus is on that. the scene. That's well, Here right. we are. We're on the scene. Smile at the people, but not like in a surfacey way. Like, literally, oh. things should shift right now because Jesus Christ is here. It's kind of exciting. Exactly. It's really fun. Uh, there's something that you wrote that yes. made me think of this. Okay. Um, Adam and Eve communed with God, you wrote, daily. And yes. enjoyed his presence fully. And you talked about how that was in involving our hearts, not just our minds. Yes. That's kind of what you're mentioning right now. Exactly. Um, I can be with God. I can yes. commune with him. I can be in a relationship. Just like you and I are getting to know each other. You haven't given me a list of points that I could know about. Oh, your blood type and your social security number and all <laughs> these details. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But all these things like right. we sometimes study the Bible and I'm not yeah. against studying the Bible. No. But so that we seem so learned rather than we were communing with the very God who wrote it. Exactly. It's different. Yes. And minds, I'm um, so aware that he wants us to worship with our mind. But right. our heart has to be captured by him too. Yes. Otherwise we stay arm's length with God or kind of like, where were you, God? Instead of, I was right with you. I exactly. Right with you. Exactly. So how did you reconcile some of the hard things? Did he ever show you a picture that he was with you? Or? Yes. Yes. And which I also wrote about because 
it's a valid question. When we go through pain, when we go through trials, and we are not seeing them resolved, what do we do with that? And what does God want us to do with that? And, and I don't know that I can speak for everyone because I think in every situation, you know, God is on, you're on a journey with God that is your Different own unique, yep. beautiful, redemptive journey. And so what he did with me was the next morning after that showdown, I got up and I felt like I, I thought, well, I'm just going to ask God. It started it started me in this questioning thing. You know, people go, how do you hear from God? Mm. Well, what's interesting is, so good. yeah, what's interesting is oftentimes it really is our thoughts. I mean, I think people think it's got to be this big booming voice, mm-hmm. like he's going to come down mm-hmm. in, you know, your little sound booth here. Yeah, it's. It very sel- I mean, I do know of, we know of biblical examples where somebody actually thought they heard the audible voice of God, right. but that was not the norm, even biblically. Correct. You know, it's through our thoughts. It's through, it's through dreams. It's through mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. It's through writings. But normally it, it is the sure thought that lands, that will not let you go. Right. That's what I've learned, at least so for good. me. So. And we have the mind of Christ. It says, so we can trust our thoughts. Now, we do have to ask sometimes, God, is this me or is this your Holy Spirit? Or you can say, hey, will you confirm that? Because I'm not really sure. Yeah. I mean, listen, I've been wrong and I have no problem saying I'm wrong because I am a person. Right. You know, and God, and and the beautiful thing is, see, we're so afraid to be wrong in the Christian faith. Listen, you will make mistakes. Right. We are going to be wrong. I don't know why we think. (laughs) Right. But think of like, I think it's Graham Cook that says anything that's true in the natural is true in the spiritual. And when our kids make a mistake or when they are toddlers and they fall down, we just pick them right back up, set them down and let them walk again. We don't go, you made a mistake. You didn't do that right. Yeah. Yeah. God is not surprised by any of that stuff. And he still delights in us. Just like we delight in our kids. We are not every day thinking about our kids' mistakes. That's not where we focus. So he's the same way. So I started, when I started asking him, what do you want me to read for the day? That is a practice I've taken into this day. I still say, hey, God, what's my food for today? What's my food for today? And a scripture will come to mind. And so I'll read it. Well, he did that same thing with those circumstances, my assault with the family crisis, because I said, we were talking about faithfulness, God and okay. I. We were doing scripture research yep, yep, on yep, faithfulness. Yep. And I felt like he said, no, you need to let me into that pain, Chris. You need to let me show you where I was. So he did. Literally, he started walking me through. It's like I had to relive those events. Yeah. And he showed me, I helped you. I helped you because you said this specific thing that changed the attacker's course. Right. You know, I sent you a therapist that helped you and Tom crawl out of this horrible spot in your marriage. Uh, You know, there were just all these little things that he showed me. I was actually the one behind that. Mm. And then the biggest thing that he showed me was when I was crying or when I was crying out, you know, in those moments that he was actually with me crying too, that he felt my tears that it's genuinely Amen. like when God has compassion when he says he has compassion I actually had an experience once where I felt the compassion that he had yeah. and it was such it was as if it came from way down in my innards and came out of me and it was just this unbelievable wave of emotion 
that I have, I've only experienced three or four times in my life that a depth of emotion that he has for yep. us when his children are in pain. Yep. Well, it's a part of the scripture where it says that Jesus looked out on the crowd and he had compassion for them. Yes. I believe it's the words mean like he felt like he was kicked in the gut. Yes. Like that gut feeling. Yes. And, and, and in Psalms, it says that God is close to the brokenhearted. He saves right. those who are crushed in spirit. Yes. So when you have this chance to review those circumstances yes. and see that, no, he was close to yes. your brokenheartedness. And he was saving you when you were crushed in spirit. Instead of, where were you, God? Which is a valid question, by the way. Yes, it is. But very... he wanted to reveal to you, yes. I was close. Yes. And I, I'm very near. And yes. things that grieve you grieve the heart of the Father. Exactly. I'm with you in that. And and there's been times where I feel like I can either picture God like leaving me alone in that circumstance or actually picking me up yes. or putting my head on his chest. Shh, 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 shh. Yeah. The way we comfort yes. a little kid that's got a scraped knee or yes. somebody that's having a hard time. It's it's not unlike another person. The human contact would be. Exactly. So it's good because I feel like you're demystifying a voice of God that sometimes people think, how do I hear from God? Right. However you hear anything. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, exactly. seriously, you it hear is, the way you yes. respond to anyone. I love that, It's Rachel. very personal. Yes. Mine may be a little different than yours. It will because be. Because we're different people. Yes. And so. he will know how to speak to you because he knows your intricate personality right. and makeup and your motivations, all that. He knows right. what works for you. Right. He knows what works for me. I, I feel like when God is close to us, it's as if... You know, when my kids were little and they were hurt and they come crying to yeah. mama and sometimes they'd be wiggly, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like they didn't know what to do with all that pain. So they wiggle yeah. in your lap and they wiggle and wiggle. But they, the more they feel the strong, steady, patient, loving, compassionate, just that, that really, really safe place. Right. The more they feel that, all of a sudden they just like... Yeah, kind of like, melt. Yeah, everything in them is it's like they become Gumby. Yep. 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 Is that an old reference? I'm old. <laughs> Gumby and Pokey? <laughs> Pokey was the horse, right? Gumby is able to stretch, but they really they yeah. just kinda It's yeah, it's like it's it's like everything in them just relaxes yeah. and slumps yep. into exactly. you. And that's what I feel like God is. And he wants people to know that, yep. that he's that kind of safe space. And I'm so thankful because later, two years ago, we lost our beautiful daughter-in-law, which was probably, I mean, I thought I had been through pain before. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I have never known the kind of pain of losing someone so young yeah. in such a tough, you know, it was so tough. But because I had that foundation with mm -hmm, God, mm -hmm. my grieving with him was so different than those days of grieving the assault or the family crisis, yeah. because I felt so alone in those days. Whereas now with Anna and even for our whole family, Tom and I determined we were going to have such a safe space for people to process yes. in our family. And if we need to cry, we cry, but I never sense I'm alone. I sense God is always just like, he's the one I can just lean into his chest. Yes and slump mm -hmm. and cry mm -hmm. my heart mm -hmm. out if I need to, if mm -hmm. I'm having a day where I miss Anna. And he would know that you have levels of pain. You have just yes. missing her. Yes. Then you have the pain of a mom who feels for her son yes. who lost his wife. And I really felt like at the beginning of that process of grieving Anna, that this was, this was a part of praise 
that I was going to have a chance to give God that I never had before. And not even just praise. That's weird. It's not praise. It would be like an act of worship was actually grieving. Yes. Yes. Maybe that's the better way to say it. One of my friends says that it's because you have a place that you can praise God, thank God, draw near to God here on this earth that you will never need in heaven because you won't have death. Yes. So it's an intimacy that's um, a chosen place now. Yes. And I, and I believe those things are sacrifices of praise. I never yes. understood that before. Yeah. How am I giving a sacrifice of praise? Right. I know straight up praise, but I know when I praise even in yes. spite of my circumstance, yes. when I praise God in the middle of the storm, yeah. it's a sacrifice of praise. And it makes a lot of difference to him, too, because yeah. I'm choosing then. Exactly. Exactly. So I, through that process, I decided I was going to choose to always be with God in all Mm. of that. That this was another experience of relationship and intimacy. I love that word because that is what it is. It's it's another experience of intimacy that we don't always get to have on a daily basis sometimes, you know, I mean, because there were months where it was a daily basis that I had to be that kind of intimate with God. And, you know, you bring up a good point, too, that grief is, it's such a hard time, but it can be a precious time with the Lord. And if we think about it, before the fall, we really wouldn't have to experience this. There really would be no death. No, it was forever. It was forever good, right? And so God is allowing us to have something that we can draw near to him because this is not his best heart either, that, you know, she would just be gone. Right. And by the way, my husband's mother was named Anna. And Anna means grace. I know. And grace is my daughter. So Oh, I love that. So yeah. how is your son doing? He is doing well. He okay. lives out in Seattle now. Okay. Um, and has just gotten a promotion at a job Yay. that he, yeah, he loves. And has met a really sweet oh, girl. Good. We haven't met her yet personally. Okay. Okay. We have FaceTime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sort of feels so, like you've met her, isn't it? Yeah, it's a real world that yeah. if you FaceTime with somebody. Sometimes I FaceTime my parents and I feel like I was at their house. I saw their couch. I saw them sitting there. Well, I haven't, but... Yeah. So you'll, you look forward to meeting yeah. her. Yeah. And my son said a really interesting thing. I said, how did you know it was time, Quentin, that you could date again? Good question. Yeah. And he said, I don't even know if he'll remember that, that he said this. I thought it was profound. He said, Mom, it was the first time that the thought of it didn't bring sorrow. Aww. And I thought, wow, that he would actually put words to something. Isn't that wild? Yeah. It's good. And I said, yeah, buddy, that's a great determining factor right and then his sweet girl Brittany um Brittany Lynn is her name she actually baked Anna a cake on Anna's birthday oh. this past year isn't that Ugh. I mean I'm like okay I'm yeah ch- I'm gonna start I, I love cry. this girl yeah she baked her cake because I, I I wondered how Quentin was doing that day and when I checked in with him he said Brittany is baking Anna a cake and I went okay because that was an answer to prayer to me I wanted him to find somebody who could honor amen this special woman that had been in our lives you know I didn't want to have to forget that and so she is making room for Anna in their relationship and I love that that's a secure person it's a very because she's preserving the memory of a wife that he loved yes rather than trying to erase that out of his life and she's actually loving him because of it I know isn't that lovely when we can love somebody with the things they've gone through, I think we really love them. Rather than, I'm going to be a buffet person, I'm going to take the parts of you out that I want to celebrate instead of all of you. You know what I mean? We can't do that. Yes, I love that word picture. Good word picture. Yes. Because that's true, right? We want to like love people with the ways we want to love them instead of accepting all of them 
Yes. That's a secure girl. I know. And that was an answer to prayer for me. And I prayed specifically for that thing. Yeah. So thank you, God. Yeah, thank you, God. <laughs> Give them all good gifts. Yeah. Let's pause a second. If you are enjoying The Real Deal with Rachel in a way, subscribe, rate, and review it. I appreciate your support. All right. Back to The Real Deal. Okay, so let me ask you this. Where would you like to go next with this interview? It's a great question. Um, I can say when I was praying for our time this morning that I really did feel there were people who, even as they sit in a church regularly, and maybe a vibrant church, you know, one that people would go, oh, that's such a great church, and they, they have so much going for it, and they're on fire or whatever, that they still sit there and they wonder, am I enough? Mm-hmm. And who am I? Yeah. Who am I in Christ? The, all these other people, they feel like, you know, they feel like the people around them have it going on. Yeah. In the quote unquote Christian world. And I really felt like God wants them to know first they are enough. They yes. Absolutely are enough. And what he has for them is so individual and so personal. I know part of my life message is that God wants such a personal, unique thing. Now, with every single one of your listeners. Yep. yep. I mean, he wants it now. Yep. Wherever they're at, they can start now. There is, like we said before, there is no there is um, no regret in the kingdom. Right. There just is no regret nope. in God's kingdom. He sees what he created you for. He's calling you in that. He's delighted in you. He's saying, hey, I'm happy where you are. And let me give you a little more. Exactly, because he's always got more. He's <laughs> exactly. got of abundance and yeah. plenty. So let me just let me just show you some other things here. Yeah. There's more. I know some people have a problem with the word journey. But see, I look at it. I love the parable of the man who found a treasure. The kingdom is like yes. a man who found okay. a treasure in the field. And he went and sold everything and bought the field. Now, the interesting thing is he didn't dig up, dig up the treasure right. and leave the field right. and take it with him. I love that, too. He bought the, the field, whole field. The whole thing. Because I have a feeling he thought, well, there's got to be more treasures in this right. field. If there's this one, right. there's probably more. And I think what God wants your listeners to know is that... There's a field. There's This kingdom is this huge. And it's not just a small little 40 acres. No. We're talking about, imagine the galaxy and imagine beyond the world that we know and, and that we're discovering. That there's It's that huge and expansive that there's always these other wonderful things to discover. And so it's not, you don't have to be upset about or have regret about where you've been. Right. But just know there's something very personal for you. Yes. For you as a listener, that God, this journey he wants to take you yes. on, and that your voice matters. Yes. It really, really does matter. Yes. And you matter to God. Yes. He is so absolutely delighted in you. Right. Right. And when he, when he bought the whole field, it's beautiful because there will be dirt. Yeah. And you know, even when I did that t-shirt, I did not know, Chris, that I was picking a black t-shirt. And then gold celebrate. And then I think I heard Bill Johnson say, call out the gold in people rather oh, than yeah. tripping over their dirt. And yeah. I was sitting at a conference and I saw my t-shirt way over there and I was listening to the other breakout speakers or whatever. And I thought, oh my goodness, it's a black shirt, like people's dirt. And then there's gold. And then the don't yeah. compare, don't compete was like an epiphany of white, you know? Yes. And I was like, oh my word, everybody has dirt. Yeah. But God bought it, purchased it, paid precious blood for it. And yes. we'll call out our gold because there is gold. Yes. And sometimes people don't believe there's gold. 
then yes. there is gold in everyone because yes. God made people and we're made in his image. So how, yeah, yeah. I, I love I, that you said that because it's such a good passage. Yes. And I, I, I think people need to buy that t-shirt. We need to really, no, seriously, this isn't a plug. Okay, you're making it so Rachel like I not, said. She did so not. Many, no, no, but no, but all I mean is I do, I think that is a revolution that we need yep. in the church. Yep. Don't compare, don't, don't compete, compete, celebrate. And that's really, really, that is even at the, the very foundation of what my message is too, yep. celebrating your uniqueness yes. in Christ and that he wants this. I mean, my husband and I have a different relationship than you and your husband. Yep. yep. I would never expect, I mean, that would right. be weird, right? right? Why would you have the same relationship right. with your husband that I have with mine? Right. Love all these personalities that God, will some of us run in the same fields? Yes. But there's even plenty of room in that same exactly. field. It doesn't exactly. matter because we all have pieces of the puzzle that can help other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you That's liberating. You made a quick, you made a reference to Bill Johnson. I wanted to quick say this because oh, I know yeah. we need to wrap up. Bill Johnson, when I was at school with, at Bethel, yep. he said this really profound thing that whenever he walks into a room, this changed him. He said, whenever he walks in a room, he looks around and he starts connecting with people and he does not go up to speak until he feels he has the father's heart for the group, for the group. And even for the individuals, like when we graduated, yeah, yeah, yeah. we got to have our picture taken with Bill and yep. Chris Valentin yep. and, and they actually had a scene, they had a, they had a day where they knighted us. It was uh -huh. kind of a really uh -huh. cool thing, yeah, yeah, which I've some of you, it. that's going to sound weird, but it, trust yeah, me, it's it wasn't fine. weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I normally don't share that story because some people are like, what? Yeah. Christians can be so weird. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it was a cool thing. Yes. But what Bill, you could sense that when you stood next to Bill and he put his arm around you for a side hug and a picture, a, a selfie or whatever, yep. you sensed literally that this man emanated the father's love. And I want to say that because I want people to picture that you are sitting mm. with God and he has his arms around you and there is an emanation of complete, I mean, if you think of the, the day that you felt the most loved in your life, or you look at somebody, let's say even you're at a movie and, oh, something reacted inside yep. you yep. way deep down and you felt this love that just, oh, brought joy to the, like every fiber of your being yes, and yes, cell yes. is alive. You're a buzzing community of bees, right? Yeah, every, <laughs> you know, since everything is alive. That is the love the father has for you. That's right. That's that right. is the love the father has for you and feels all the time. Never shuts it off. Exactly. Never shuts it off. And not dependent on your day or nope. your behavior or nope. what you did. So just crawl into Amen. his lap and Amen. allow yourself to feel that love. Amen. And I've had some pushback with the uh, don't compete. Like, well, shouldn't we be our best? And, and don't you mean? I said, you know what? You oh. haven't actually sat through my talk. The compete is you don't compete for God's love. He's got enough for everybody. He knows every one of his kids. And he. Yeah. it's not like if he's given love to Chris Clements, he has none, none left for Rachel exactly. in a way. There, he's, that's a pauper spirit. That's a... A spirit poverty that mentality. is poverty mentality that will keep us down like I've got to grab for mine right. instead of no, no, no. There's enough and you don't have to compete for it because God has your portion and abundance for you. Yes. It's freeing. It's yes, free. I and by agree. the way, competitive things can get ugly sometimes too. Yeah. So I can mean it that way, but that's yeah. not solely what I mean. I mean, right. you don't have to compete for his ear. He always hears you when you pray. 
You don't have to compete for his lap. He's got plenty yeah. of room for everybody. You know, there's just not that com competition. And comparison, well, I don't... Anyway, it's no, all I, other I, No, I think but that's But comparison is ruining us because yes. we're not able to think we are who God made yes. us to be. If I am his masterpiece yeah. created in Christ Jesus to do good works, what are those that he prepared exactly. in advance for me to do? Okay, thank you. You know, yes. then I'm paralyzed and I won't continue to do what he has me doing right. because I'm thinking I need to be like this person or that person. Yeah. And... It's, he bought the whole field, and he's celebrating, and he's calling out the gold in me, and he wants me to do it in others, and that's how that's we right. iron sharpens iron. We get better at being his kids well, when we think, do that. I think you said it in a past podcast where you said social media in some ways is causing great competition. Well, and in fact, the world talks about it. I mean, yeah. people outside right. the Christian faith talk right. about the competition between women. And there's a great movement now to support mm -hmm. particularly mm -hmm. women mm -hmm. because we feel like there's been all this competition. So, yeah, you, that don't compete has yep. many. Oh, there are many ways that that comes into play in our life. But the beautiful thing is, like you said, I, I think we can strive. We can be excellent. I love to be excellent at what yeah. I do. Yes. I can't help it. We I am an A student. <laughs> we should be. We should do our best. Yes. I have no problem doing that. Jesus did not apologize for who he was. That was never, no. he never apologized right. for his excellence mm -hmm. and how he went mm -hmm. about things. To reflect a king. Yeah. To reflect king a king. Kings. Exactly. But I think you, let's not compete with one another and let's not compete for God's love because there's more than enough to go around. Yeah. And, the, and the field is huge. It is huge. We can encourage one another. Right. You're such an encourager. You are We an could go on forever. I know. I know. We need to Will go. you come back sometime? I would love if it. If you're coming through. Because you're love from it. Wisconsin and yes. we should do another one. Well, I mean, we could just have coffee somewhere yes. too. But yeah. I, would, I, would I really that. appreciate this. Chris, let me pray for your ministry. Let me yeah. pray for this book Thanks. to go wherever God wants it yeah. to go. And beyond. I mean, we do want to sell copies of books, but we want them to go to the hands that God has prepared for them, if that makes exactly. sense. Exactly. Oh, totally. And I know you agree with me. And then would you feel comfortable praying for our listeners? I would love to. Listening today? Yeah. And I yeah. may close to who knows, yeah. whatever the spirit stirs. Yeah. Father, I thank you for this time with Chris. I just praise you for what you're doing in her life, that you who began a good work are faithful to complete it in Chris Clements. And God, I thank you for this book. I thank you, God, that it is a journey into love and acceptance. And I thank yeah. you that she found both. Love from you, Father God, and acceptance for who she is. Yeah. I just ask that you'd strengthen her frame, God. Thank you that you're going to make her like a well-watered garden as you strengthen her frame. It's beautiful. Lord, I thank you for the way you made her packaging. She just carries your glory. Mm -hmm. She carries your smile. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful to know her. <laughs> God, I pray that you'd bless her and her husband and their marriage, that you'd bless their family, that you'd bless their health and their finances, that you'd be the God who just that. continues yeah. to bring them yeah. into the places that you want them. And Lord, for the listener and for the reader, I pray for the listeners that have been listening today, and I pray for the readers of this book. I pray that it really does unleash people, yeah. that there really would yes. be like a, a chain has been broken from performance and behavior into freedom and acceptance and the love of God mm -hmm. that would let them know that what you do in one individual, since you can't lie and you don't change, you can do in another's life. And so I pray that it brings great freedom to bring somebody into the intimacy that you have with them. Yeah. And so God, thank you that we're all on a journey. And I pray for those who read Chris's book and those who hear this podcast to just know that you are so good and you lavishly love us, God. You sing over us at night, you say, and that you're completely delighted in us. We mm -hmm. just rejoice. Thank you, Jesus. And bless my friend in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Father, I thank you for every single person that is listening and even future listeners yes. down the road that you see every single one of them. 
and they are like beautiful jewels on a strand. Mm. It's it, oftentimes we see jewelry where it's one kind of jewel on it, but I see that your listeners are all these different pieces of Thank jewelry you, on this same beautiful strand, and that strand is God's love. And they're all meant to be there. Yep. So I thank you for that, God. Thank you for every single person listening. And thank you that all of their circumstances are in your hands. All of their circumstances. Whatever is on their mind today, whatever's weighing on their heart, God, you're on it. And I thank you for that. And you're bringing about restoration to families, to circumstances. You're bringing about abundance in lives. You are bringing, actually, you're bringing out callings and giftings that people may not even know that they have yet, but as they take this journey with you, as they relate to you, as they feel secure and settled and loved, that literally there is a trajectory that you're moving them on that is going to also bring freedom and I even hear the word retribution, that you're paying back things, God. That you're paying back. You're going to make the enemy pay for the things that he has stolen in families and in lives and in callings. And what I love is that (laughs) when you make them pay, there's always more than enough. It's more abundant than they ever had before anyway. So they get to go splash that around to other people. But thank you for every single jewel and every single gem. And, you know, men don't think of themselves as gems, but listen, even they are. And that you have, there's, there's, there's precious metals and precious gold, like Rachel said, in this listenership. And it's the life in the kingdom, life and life abundantly, that we thank you for and pray for and actually know that that's what you're bringing. So we say yes and amen. Yes and amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Okay, it will be in the show notes, but tell us how we can find you. Yes, um, Chris Clements online. Online. So that's Chris with C-H-R-I-S, Clements, C-L-E-M-E-N-T-S, online.com. And hopefully, I'm I'm hoping to get on the gram. I know you're on the Instagram. Oh, yes. Are you going to get on the (laughs) gram? I'm going to hopefully get on the gram. Okay. But but so they could go to the website, sign up for the newsletter. I'm hoping to get out some free resources here in the next month because I know, like, you have some free yep. resources that people tap into. I need to get yeah, on me, the board with all that stuff. I just started. Uh, yeah, by yeah. the way, people, get to rachelinaway.org yes. and click for free resources yes. and get on my email list. And it's kind of fun. Yeah, that totally I, I is, used to yeah. think, well, why would they want that? Well, just encourage them. Send out something now and then that you can encourage. So it's not just yeah. to get on my list, but then you'll get something in the future where I can exactly. encourage people. Well, and what I've learned is when people, it's relationship. Yep. People do want to know yep. what's going on in your life. Yep. I mean, they're they're friends. Yeah. They end up friends, friends. you know, so yeah, do that, do that with Rachel's site. You can do that with my site and that's how you can find out what's going on in the future. Bless you. Thanks for coming on. I'm so glad you're here. (laughs) All right. Thanks everyone. You've been listening to The Real Deal with me, Rachel Inouye, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. Audio engineering by my husband, Michael Inouye. Thanks, babe. Theme music by Andrew Grace.